Hello, uh, everyone. Uh, it's Asan here from the Weekly Regular. I just wanted to take a moment before we get into uh, this week's episode to just um, acknowledge um, the... Uh, I'm sure all of you have heard about the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman over the past week. Um, incredibly talented actor uh, who was the star of Black Panther, uh, he played James Brown and get on up. Uh, it was just a, a phenomenal actor and a phenomenal human being by all accounts. Um, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge, uh, the passing. Uh, uh we are going to go deeper, um, into some of his works, some of his, uh, performances that he gave, uh, over the last couple of years, um, including black, black Panther, get on up, um, 42, um, in the Avengers films. Um, I wanted to do that from a, a personal place of admiration for this man's work and his contributions to um, film and cinema um, and to the black culture, uh, frankly. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into that later this week. Uh, I'm going to have a friend of mine on. And we're going to we're going to do a deep dive into some of Chad, Chadwick Boseman's uh, most memorable performances. And uh, we will just take some time to review those things. Uh celebrate his performances and his work and and celebrate the life that this man gave to film before he was taken by um the illness he was battling with for the last four years and we're just going to yeah talk about what his legacy means to us and what it'll look like going forward and um it's going to be a really great time uh of of having fun with Chadwick Boseman movies uh later on in the week this week's episode we're not going to address it because uh it we recorded this before it happened and uh yeah i just wanted to put this on the front of the episode so that you know that we are aware and that we are um yeah we are we miss chadwick boseman already uh thanks for letting me talk um like an idiot for a few minutes uh, and i'll do that for even longer in this week's episode i uh, love you guys um yeah i'll talk to you soon and uh let's get into the episode Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again this week by Derek from college. What's up, Derek? How's it going, Asan? Uh, it's going swell over here, man. Just trying to get technology squared away. <laughs> oh, trust me. On that note, I actually have to do a little bit of an apology towards the uh, the listeners for the mm -hmm. last episode. Uh, the <laughs> loop cycle reverb was uh, my fault. I didn't realize that my microphone <laughs> could pick up sounds that were happening on the surface of the sun. Yeah. So hopefully this week we've uh, we've fixed it and uh, we'll just be smooth sailing moving forward. 
Yeah, if you don't know what Derek is talking about, then good. Uh, you either yeah. di- you either did not notice because my salvage job was good enough, or you didn't listen to the episode last week. And you know what? That is fine. Um, but either also, way, that's fine. <laughs> shame on you. Yeah, listen but also episode. shame on you. Listen to that. We have episode. a lot of fun. Yeah, if you enjoy, if you if you enjoy, if you get to the end of the end of this episode and you've enjoyed it, please go back to the last episode. You will also enjoy that one. But uh, yeah, all right. So we're we're doing a bit of a uh, we to give you a little bit behind the curtain of the the Hollywood magic as it happens over here. We're recording this episode uh, only but a few days after the last episode that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, I record episodes pretty regularly, like weekly. That's why the show is called Weekly Regular. <laughs> um, but we had to do a bit of a uh, a bit of a. Uh, uh, midweek rendezvous uh, in order to talk about um, some headlines coming out of DC Fandom, or which I, I think like is the way you have to say that. Absolutely. Or as I'm going to call this episode, the weekly regular DC edition. Yep. Uh, because we are uh, we are gathered we are gathered here today. Um, no, we're, <laughs> we're gathered here today to uh, discuss everything coming out of DC Fandom, and that's really it. Uh, we got Pretty a lot much. of uh, yeah, we got a lot of info coming out of that. Some really exciting stuff, and uh, I as soon as I had totally forgot that this event was even happening. Uh, oh, me too. But- <laughs> You're not the only one. I was like, why is there so much DC stuff? Oh, dang it! I forgot. My bad. Right. So when I saw that all the DC headlines and stuff were popping up, I said I have one person in mind that I really want to talk to this about, and let's Aww. record it for posterity's sake posterity's sake i don't i'm not really sure what that phrase is is it posterity's sake i believe it's for posterity's sake all right so i don't know who posterity is and i'm pretty sure i wouldn't like him (laughs) yeah i'm always i'm always uh hesitant because like i don't really know what the word posterity means and it just it it's too close to posterior which is like another word for like a butt right yeah which is just not a place you want to end up man yeah, posterity is like halfway between posterior and derriere, which are both words for butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if we're, if we're, then that would mean if our if our terrible logic is correct mm-hmm. and the and the awful path we've gone down is I mean where we're at on that. Uh, yeah, then that means that we're recording this for someone's butt's sake. Yep, I'm. I'm. Yeah, if you want to. You want to put your phone in your back pocket and let your your butt enjoy this podcast? That that's fine with me. Uh, but yeah, why don't we? <laughs> we get won't judge. In, yeah, why We're, don't we? Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say we don't want to yuck anybody's yum. We're all everybody's got their thing, man. Do yeah, your, man. Do your own thing. Let your flag fly. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you have it. All right. Speaking of letting our flags fly, we are going to talk about some characters that fly. Uh, we're going to start with, why don't we just start with the, I think was the shiny golden nugget that came out of DC Fandom. Uh, let's talk about the Batman trailer. Let's just start Please. there. Yes. I mean, I was, yeah, truthfully, it's like, if we're just going to jump into it, let's jump in on the big guns, mm-hmm. the biggest of them being the Batman trailer. Um, what did you think? So, uh... Before we get, before we get into the actual 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 trailer, let's oh. go back way back. No, let's go back to um, 
I don't know, maybe thousands and thousands of years ago. (laughs) Yeah, it all started. Yes, exactly. It all started when uh, uh, the the Warner Brothers bought a Super 8 camera and they were living in Schittsfoot, Mississippi at the time. And they gathered all the dust buckets and the Super 8 cameras they had. And they said, we're going to make we're going to make pictures. See, and they're going to move. See, and it's. And we got a train, and we're going to film it, and the audience is going to be real scared or something. Man, it's like I'm there. <laughs> you can see it, right? <laughs> I can't. Not even see it. I'm feeling it. I'm experiencing it. The sights, the sounds, the smells. Oh, it's stinky, and I don't like it. <laughs> no, but let, let's start maybe like, I think it was like a year, maybe two ago, when they announced that um, they're redoing Batman, doing like a, uh, keep in keeping with the new DC trend to do kind of these one-off um, stories as opposed to like doing the big Marvel everything's oh. connected thing. Well, uh, let's, do- let's, let's pump the brakes. See, that's their stance now, but mm-hmm. their stance back then was, well, let's try it. And then people were like, no, this wasn't good. And they're like, ha, we're just kidding. This is a one-off. <laughs> yeah. We were, it, we totally they, were trying to make this into a thing. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, can you imagine? Oh, that'd be insane. They retconned real life. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, yeah. Well, uh, back so back then they were like, you know, let's just do these one-off things. We got the Joker coming out. That's pretty cool. Uh, so let's redo Batman. And they announced that Matt Reeves is going to do it. Uh, Matt Reeves, of course, of Planet of the Apes fame. Which uh, I'm excited to see him tackle a superhero film. I am. I am very excited. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be really good. Yeah. So when so when you heard that Matt Reeves is doing it, and then uh, a little little time later, they uh, revealed that Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman. Right. And as this started to take shape, what was your reaction to all well, of that? Here's the thing. Uh, initially, when they were like Matt Reeves, obviously, I am mm-hmm. positive on Matt taking over, and Matt, like we're friends. Oh my gosh, Reevesy, um, <laughs> Reevesies. Um, actually, I can't call him my actual nickname because that's just for us. Yeah. Um, I call him but, Reeves. Uh, I call him Reeves's pieces. He knows Reeves's why. Pieces. Yes. He knows why. He, exactly. Uh, no, I think Matt Reeves is a very competent director. I think that he has a lot of very good storytelling capabilities in his, mm-hmm. you know, in his back pocket and his little tool bag of tricks. Um, I'm excited to see what he does, man. Um, you know, and and when the when the news came out initially, I was excited. Then um, I will say hesitant. A little bit about uh, Mr. Twilight becoming uh, putting on the cape and the cowl. However, I I have since backed off. My initial response was, mm-hmm. "Oh my god!" Like so many people are, <laughs> "Oh my god, why? Why would right. you do this to me?" But first of all, they're not doing it to you because they hate you personally. They're right. just doing it. Because it's not a personal thing. This is just a money thing. So get off your little high horse and stop thinking that you're important to Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, like the comments that I've seen about the trailer over the internet over the last couple of days, I go, you know, this they didn't make this movie for you, right? Like they're making it for thousands upon millions of other people as well. Mm-hmm. So you going on cinemablend.com be like, I'm not going to watch it because he was in Twilight. It's like, okay, Frank, that's fine. Why don't you just... Go on and we'll we'll be fine over here with the movie, because I will say this. I when they initially cast him, I was a little like, oh, I what? I don't Uh know if if I'm okay with that. But then I but then the wisdom of the ages came and whispered in my ear and went, hey, Heath Ledger. And I went, you know Mm -hmm. what? 
I'm on record for saying that Heath Ledger would do a bad job as well somewhere on Facebook and mm-hmm. the yeah. in the records and annals of Facebook. I'm on record as saying that. So why don't I just pump the brakes? And then on the down low over the last two years, I've been going through all of Robert Pattinson's indie films that he's been in mm-hmm. and watching him do that. And I will be honest, the more I watch him doing his own thing and doing these movies that not in the not in the initial aftermath of the Twilight franchise, but mm-hmm. after he took that break and then started kind of slowly coming back up, you know, right. I've watched all those movies and I was like, oh, these are really like he does these. He has only been targeting these dark, like intense mm-hmm. characters. And personally, I just go, I've been watching it. And my conclusion, I'm like, he's going to make a fine Batman, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited. I went from hesitant to actually excited to see what he can bring to the table you know yeah but that's just me how about you what was your initial your initial thoughts please sir yeah i uh i had similar uh reservations i was all in on matt reeves as a director um Mm -hmm. i had uh you know i was a big fan of the the work he did on planet of the apes uh oh yes especially the the third one i thought was really good in uh, because he did something that I think Tim Burton like got ultimately very wrong. May I uh, guess? May I sure. guess what Matt Reeves did better than Tim Burton? Sure. Made a competent movie that made sense. <laughs> yeah, basically. But no, I think I think what what um, you know John Favreau says the the director's chief job is to manage tone. Um, and I oh, think yeah, no. uh, I think Matt Reeves did a really good job with that with the third Apes movie in particular because that movie, but on paper, should not be a good movie because it's like, hey, you know those apes, you know that aren't people and they don't really communicate as well as people and they're just not as cinematic as people. Well, we're gonna yeah, spend the damn most dirty ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna spend most of our time with them and uh, very minimal time with human beings, and that like should be bad. But he did such a good job of like creating like a really intense atmosphere and like making you care about like characters that in another setting, uh, i.e., the Tim Burton setting, could be very like goofy. Uh, right. I think he did a good job right. in keeping everything serious. And, like, that's kind of what you need for, um, especially for a character like Batman, because he's not just a super, he's not just like a, a superhero. He's like a person who's like environment really matters. And, like, if it's done wrong, like, the idea of Batman can come off very goofy. Uh, and right. so I think he, yeah, I think I thought, I thought that was a perfect choice. Um, I wasn't as hesitant about Robert Pattinson as a lot of other people that I talked to at the time were. Um, uh, because yeah, I was familiar with, um, some of his other works besides, uh, um, besides Twilight. Um, yeah. And I just thought he was, I thought he was a great actor. Um, and, and I've, yes, I, uh, as, as with you, uh, the Heath Ledger thing taught me a lesson, uh, oh, yeah. not to judge casting before I know what the vision of the film is because yeah, like I could have before Heath Ledger's Joker, I could have never imagined a Joker played by Heath Ledger, but the the way he played it the way he looked uh all of it served what that movie was doing so well um that like yeah it, the the context of uh of, of casting really matters and i think we saw that with this trailer um to get into it a little yes. bit um once you see once you see robert pattinson in the costume in the type of movie that this is going to be it makes total sense absolutely uh, so what was your reaction to the trailer of itself just your I, first initial visceral reaction well, I believe I sent you the gif of Jonah Hill freaking out with his hands in the air, shaking <laughs> yeah. his head from side to side, screaming. Yes. Um, 
That's from Get Him that to the Greek, the right? <laughs> that up? clip? I think that clip's from yeah, Get Him get to him the, the Greek. The Greek. Yeah. That's the scene where he's having his girlfriend listen to the Mars Volta for the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like freaking out because of the music. And she's just sitting there like, okay. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, don't really remember that movie. Um, but <laughs> I have but, a soft uh, spot in my heart for that movie. I own it. I just, I've watched it once. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to get back on it. Yep. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I <laughs> no, let's the get gift. into it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> dive. We're switching off the DC podcast. Yeah, we'll do DC next week. <laughs> okay, perfect. Done. Get him to the Greek. All right. So it starts out. No, um, no, that was my initial deal. I was psyched as all get out for mm-hmm. that. Um, just the initial momentum for it. And I will say like it was a little, you know, the the music, the Nirvana covers a little bit mm-hmm. moody. It's a little bit dark. It's a little bit mm-hmm. slow. So I wasn't super like, huh? But I like the fact that they opened up with who I'm, who we're supposed to have the Riddler covering a man's head in duct tape, essentially suffocating him. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how he kills his victims. I'm I, stoked is not the right word. Cause that makes me sound like a psychopath, but I'm, <laughs> I'm aggressively interested. I'm to super see how excited they for the murders. <laughs> cannot wait to watch innocent people in the movie just get wholesale killed. Um, but no, I yeah, I think it's an interesting deal. I like the setting. I like the tone. I like the the, the look is cool. Like it's very vibey. It's very like it's very Batman-y. It's it's the thing a lot of people have criticized it on the internet this weekend for like, well, it just looks like a carbon copy of the other stuff and blah, 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 blah. And I've talked to a bunch of people about it. Um, and I just go, yeah, but that's Batman. Like, <laughs> you know, and the people that I have heard and have talked about it, um, you know, some people are, you know, looking at like, well, I just want Batman to be fun again. I'm like, well, Batman is not fun. Right. Adam West was fun. And the 60s Batman, the original Batman run through uh, up until like the 90s, maybe the 80s or whatever, that's fun. And Batman and fun Batman has its place. And if you haven't seen it, people that are listening, I highly recommend the animated Batman movie that they came out, that they did it in the Adam West, Burt Ward style of that kind of goofy campy where Adam West and Burt Ward do the voice of Batman and Robin again. It is very fun. They reinclude the pows and the boofs and the boffs and all that stuff. And it's just, it's a gas to watch. Like it truthfully is this, the neon color scheme, but I like, mm-hmm. I like this Batman. I like this year one style Batman. Um, the suit looks good. I was a little worried about I'm my big pet peeve about Batman costumes, and it's the weirdest thing. It's always the ears. Do the ears look good attached mm-hmm. to the cowl? It, they've got to look good. I was afraid when I first saw this that they were too narrow and pointy, but after seeing it in action, I'm like, okay, heck yeah. I like the look of it. I like that it's Batman being somewhat embraced by the police, not rejected and chasing him all the time, but there's like a hesitancy where it's like, all right, like, we'll let him in the crime scene because Commissioner Gordon's, like, bringing him in. But if Commissioner Gordon tells me to shoot this guy, I'm gonna kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's very much that vibe when he walks in. I think that's very cool. I like the look of uh, Selena Kyle in the trailer. Um, and everybody's big question right now is where's Colin Farrell? And is he the guy that's at 117 on the timestamp on, uh, on the trailer and for mm-hmm. the being the Penguin? I think it is. I'm very excited to see that, get some prosthetics going. Um, yeah, man, I'm stoked. I like the look of the Bat Cycle. I like the look of the Batmobile. I like that it looks very, the Bat Cave and everything looks very 
beginning DIY, you know, like it's not like he's like, well, I'm going to be Batman. And then all of a sudden he has the perfect suit and the perfect vehicles and the perfect gadgets. It's like, he's still figuring it out. And I will say the giant punctuation mark for the entire trailer was when there's that gang of apparently Joker followers mm-hmm. that decide to mess with him. And he just beats the piss out of that dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I was uh, like, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what you deserve. You makeup wearing freak. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Um, I agree. There's, there's so much to love about the trailer. I kind of want to stop it. Uh, you you kind of hit me with all of it there. Uh, I, kinda I know, wanna... <laughs> I know. I feel bad. I kind of avalanched you a little bit, but it, no, you know. it's, it's all good. Uh, I kind of want to get back to some of those, some of those points. Um, yeah, I think, my initial reaction was like I was just in a world where we have one might argue so many, maybe even too many Batman uh, actors right now. Yeah, um, we could argue about that. Um, I mean, we just got news that you know. Uh, I mean, we talked about it in the last episode, but um, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck yeah. is back. Michael Keaton is back for this Flash movie. Um, so in a world where like a lot, I'm sure if you ask a lot of people, they would say, I, we don't need another Batman movie. Um, and I, you know, I might be one of those people to say, we don't need another Batman movie. Will I always no. take another Batman movie? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Disney, uh, we don't always need another Batman movie, but people like you and me, we always end up getting another Batman movie and it's just like, okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, Like I'm exactly. fine with this. Um, yeah. And it, so there was. Man, there was um, they had a really tight window for me to really impress me with this trailer, and I think mm-hmm. they they managed to do it, uh, put enough pieces together to really impress me with this trailer. Um, I love just the aesthetic of it. I love that it it is uh, seems to be a mystery movie, like a, yes. a kind of a murder mystery. We get to see Batman maybe do some detectiving, which we don't get to see. Detecting, I which, think, is the right word. And which I we don't see ask a lot. You that. No, and I was going to ask you legitimately, when was the last time that we saw Batman do some detectiving? Not much. Because, because he is. His character's title originally was the world's greatest detective. Yeah. I. So, yeah, we. I don't think we've ever seen that part of Batman brought to the screen well. Um, ben Affleck's Batman was not interested in detecting at all. Um, he was no. just like, this guy looks like a problem. I don't need any more information than that. Let's go get him. <laughs> I'm going to heat up my iron and brand his face. <laughs> yeah. And which again, uh, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then in Nolan's Batman movies, uh, I don't think Christopher Nolan was that interested with Batman being a nah, detective. Nah, nah. So he just kind of showed up and Alfred would already have the answers. That was the pretty much the extent of it. So I feel like yeah, this Alfred is the first the de- time. Alfred was the detective in those movies. For sure. Um, I think, yeah, uh, this is the first time that we'll really see, uh, Batman being a detective and solving a mystery. And yeah, I, I'm really excited about the Riddler. I think that's going to be cool. Uh, I do have oh, some yeah. thoughts, though. Uh, I think there are some misdirects in this trailer. Um, I do, too. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, the first thing is, uh, well, it's been confirmed. Let's just start with what's been confirmed. So Matt Reeves confirmed that um, John Turturro is in the movie playing Carmine, Carmine Falcone. Um or Falcone, however you want to say that. Um, also, uh, what's his name is pl- Colin Farrell is playing the Penguin, uh, and we know that Paul Dano is playing a quote-unquote version of the Riddler. We've, or, or I think he said, uh, 
a version of uh, he's playing the Riddler in a way you've never seen before, something like that. Um, so I do think there are some mis- misdirects in this trailer. I think there are more villains than this trailer lets on um, because mm-hmm. they also talked about how this movie is going to be the, is going to serve as an origin for uh, a few villains. And I, I think right. uh, there are a couple misdirects in this trailer. So the first one, the trailer opens with like the sound of duct tape being pulled apart, which I didn't realize how disturbing of a sound that is until, oh, it's <laughs> until horrifying. this trailer. It is because, you thing. know, like we talked about last time. With as much into true crime as I am, and as much as duct tape is used in crimes like that, mm-hmm. it, that sound is no longer a pleasant sound at all. Like it's it's right. just like oh, something bad's about to happen. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> it, exactly. Um. So I. So I have a theory, and okay. this theory is is almost pure speculation. Um. But it's. It's it appears that this this one that this particular version of Batman. So a couple other things that were confirmed. Also, uh, they confirmed that this is not necessarily bat not taken necessarily from Batman year one. Uh, but it is this is technically the second year of Batman's career. So hmm. um, uh, it's it's said to take more from a storyline called the Long Halloween, um, which right. I've never read. Um, I. I have, but a while ago. Okay. So, um, but it's one of the more lauded like storylines in the Batman lore that people okay. kind of reference a lot. So, um, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I think there are more villains in this movie than it, it's letting on, and I think the main villain is going to be Hush. Um, now, the reason I think that is because mm. Hush in the comics for. for the uninitiated hush is uh, uh, in in his i guess in the original um writing of the character hush was a uh this guy named i think his name was tommy elliot thomas elliot he was basically um he's basically evil bruce wayne he was uh childhood best friends with bruce um his he had abusive parents though whereas uh um bruce had great parents um both of their parents died when they were young. Um, Bruce got to inherit the Wayne, uh, uh, the Wayne fortune, uh, and I believe Tommy was left with nothing when his parents parents died. I believe um, you're correct. And uh, he basically, uh, so basically, they go on parallel journeys where Bruce goes and travels around the world learning martial arts and eventually hooks up with Raj Al Ghul. Um, uh, Tommy Elliot basically as a result of his like abusive upbringing becomes like this sociopath who uh resents bruce for having always having a leg up in life and eventually in the in the story the riddler um comes to learn batman's true identity is bruce wayne and he he runs into hush or tommy at the time and makes a deal with him basically he's like I'll sell you. I'll sell you the identity of the Batman uh, for a, a bunch of money, and um, Tommy is like, "I'll do you one better. I'll kill the Batman if you tell me who he is." Um, and basically, it's revealed to him that he's Bruce, and that like drives uh, Tommy even more insane. And he uh, basically decides to team up with the Riddler and take down Batman. Um, with the Riddler kind of being the brains of the operation and Hush being more of the muscle. 
Um, and they're basically it's like a two headed attack against Batman. And right. the re- so the reason why I think that's that's happening in this movie is because Hush is often drawn um, with his face covered in bandages or like uh, medical tape because he's right. he's such a sociopath and so psychotic that at one point he tries to uh, he's obsessed with keeping his identity a secret. So he at one point he performs surgery on himself um, with like very little anesthesia to like try to change his face. Um, because he has like a medical background, he like went to Harvard School of Medicine and stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, as, as you do. Um, yeah, there's even in one version of the story, he even like removes his own pacemaker because it's like holding him back or whatever. And he like so that he's often drawn with like you know bandages covering his face. And I'm thinking that might be where the the motif of like the tape comes in and uh we oh, might we might be thinking yeah. we're seeing the riddler in the trailer but maybe that's hush yeah maybe all the cards being left around are the riddler but the right. he's using hush to execute his master plan i that's, like that that's what i'm thinking i think that's a real good idea Ooh, that's very good um so talk about the fight scene or the 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 beat down clip yeah, the if beat you will down- <laughs> in terms of batman combat i think now this is going to be controversial, Ooh. but Uh-oh. in terms of Batman combat, this that may have been the most effective bit of Batman combat I've ever seen in a, in a movie so far. And you know what? We're both just going to be on the same train on that, on the same train car on that. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. There wasn't a heck of a lot of wasted movement. Or energy mm-hmm. it was very it was brutal it was lethal and it was effective mm-hmm. yeah like from from like a, a depiction of batman like like if if i close my eyes and imagine like how would batman like fight and how would he fight someone to prove a point like it looks like that like the the i think the the fighting in um Batman v Superman was good and mm-hmm. in Justice League was good. Uh, that one scene that's in, I think it's in um, Batman v Superman where he, Batman takes down like that whole team of guys in that warehouse. Oh, for Martha? Yeah. You're talking about the one where he grabs an M60 belt fed machine gun and one arms it? <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a scene in that movie where he like takes out, like he clears a whole room full of guys and the the action is great. It's well oh, shot, yeah. it's well choreographed, and it's brutal. My only problem was <clears throat> the problem is if you watch it, like some of those guys are dead. You know oh, what I mean? <laughs> like the dude that Batman grabs the back of his skull, vaults over the the crate, and slams the guy into the crate. Like that dude's neck and upper back are just jello. Like there's yeah. nothing holding that so, dude together. <laughs> Yeah, so those guys are dead, um, which, you know, is something Batman wouldn't do. So, like, to me, it's a little bit lazy on the choreography side because it's like, yeah, it looks cool, but that guy's he's a corpse now. <laughs> right. Well, talk about fight choreography. It is one of my the the board movies. And I will say this till the day I die. They did the biggest mm-hmm. disservice for hand-to-hand combat fighting in Mm -hmm. films because they reduced, they took what should have been these fully choreographed, rehearsed pieces shot over multiple, multiple shooting weeks of getting your wide Mm -hmm. shots and moving in your closest so you can really take apart the action and see how it goes, you know, and how it like fluidity Mm -hmm. and, you know, how it all works together and pieces together. With with the Bourne, the Bourne franchise started out doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. But then by 
supremacy or ultimatum, they stopped doing it and they started doing close up shaky camera movements to mm-hmm. fight. And for, you know, for the first couple, couple movies, it's like, oh, okay, cool. This is just a different way to do it. I like it. Right. It really kind of gets you into the chaos of actually fighting somebody in a close quarter situation like that. But like mm-hmm. everybody else saw that and went, oh, cool. That's a free and clear, like, that's how you shoot action action now (laughs) yeah like we don't need to do fully choreographed fight scenes anymore because jason Bourne did it so now we don't have to do it and i'm like no you still need to put you know choreograph actual movement like i you still need to see it in a shot a wide shot on screen it's why it's why the john the first john wick movie is so effective Right. Like they choreograph the entire thing, you know, and totally. they, they really, they make you, they, it's Ipman, you know, those mm-hmm. movies, like it shows you how a fight is choreographed and that beat down moment is one of those things. It's a wide shot. It shows you what he's capable of. All his movement is effective in this, in this frame. And you just watch some Joker skinhead just get the tar kicked out of him like (laughs) just (laughs) in the most ruthless way possible yeah uh i i have a theory about that too um those guys may not be joker minions uh i don't know if the joker exists in this version yet oh maybe Um, not i just said joker because they had clown makeup on so i'm like whatever (laughs) like that's just what i'm that's my placeholder term (laughs) (laughs) right so there's a um it's either there's I mean there's there's so there's two early Batman books there's one Batman year one and I believe there's a Batman year two mm-hmm. in one of those books I think it's year one uh, Batman has like um, like a cult following of people who like uh, see him early on before he becomes like known for being a vigilante hero of justice he's just oh. kind of seen as like this dark force that's like. Um, from the outside perspective, just seems like someone outside the law causing trouble, right. being a vigilante, not necessarily seeking justice, just right. exerting his will on Gotham. And <laughs> he, he he garners a following of like this cult following of guys who wear makeup pretty similar to what we saw in that clip. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's not quite the same, but it's I could see where this might also be that. Oh, for um, sure. Because I, uh, one of the things that Matt Reeves talked about at the Fandom event was that we're, we're seeing Batman in his second year of being Batman, and he's frustrated that he's not having the effect that he wants to have. Uh, and I think that's th- this, that scene may be uh, when he's reached sort of his breaking point of like, I, look, I'm trying to do something here, and you guys just don't understand what I'm you trying to do. don't get it, <laughs> yeah, do you? You just don't get it. And, you know, <laughs> you know, especially if he's, you know, trying to track down a serial killer but can't figure it out and people are dying. Right. And then he's got some clowns who are, you know, breaking into cars and houses and stuff all in the name of Batman. Spray-painting yeah. his logo all over the place. It's like, oh, God, come on, guys. Right. Because if, if they were a gang, like, of Joker guys – I don't think they would have just stood around and watched that happen. No, I could be wrong, but um, I feel like they're Batman super fans. And he's like, and he's like, I don't want you to be my fan. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I want you to be scared of me and fall in line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So, yeah, Yeah, that's a theory on that. But no, no, it's a um, good theory. Solid. Yeah. Uh, so some other Batman news related to that before we get to uh, uh, Gotham Knights that you you uh, mentioned earlier. Sure, sure. Um, Matt Reeves, as part of his Batman um, panel, also announced that there's going to be a show called 
Gotham PD. Ooh. And it's a it's going to be for HBO Max. Uh, and it's a basically like a crime drama, like police procedural set at Gotham PD in the year before this movie takes place. Oh, so it, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's meant to basically like give us an inside look and kind of flesh out the the world of Gotham's police department. And so like, and give us an idea of the history of corruption in the city um, that will make this Batman. It, it will basically contextualize this Batman for us. So I'm, I'm super stoked about that. There's no real word about who's going to star in that or anything like that, but that was announced that that's happening as well. It doesn't need to be. That sounds like a great show. I'll watch the hell out of that. Absolutely. Um, which would make sense if, uh, why they would cast, um, which would make a good, uh, choice for, um, Oh man, Jeffrey, what is his last Jeffrey name? Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. I was going to say Jeffrey Rush, but I'm like that's not that's not correct. No, no, this is not Captain Barbosa. This is <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> uh Jeffrey Yeah, it, it, casting Jeffrey Wright um is a good casting choice for Gordon, especially if they're going to build uh, a show around that character. Absolutely. Um, or have that character be a part of that show cuz he's obviously a household name when it comes to HBO shows and yeah. is yep. you know lives and breathes uh lives and breathes TV drama, so yeah, I think that'd be great. That the um, random James Bond movie. Yeah. And so what did you think about uh, the little bit of Selena Kyle that we see? Oh, I think she looks great. Yeah. Um, you know, they were like, Zoe Kravitz is going to be, you know, Catwoman. And I just went, yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. Like, can't. You haven't screwed up the Catwoman character yet for me. So I'm um, you excellent two yep. thumbs way way up on that yep. um i like her look i like the little half mask i like that and that's the thing that i i talked about a little you know a few minutes ago is i like the fact that everything in this at least for because we're so used to seeing these cut and polished like costumes and these gadgets and this stuff and it's like this is so early on it's like it has they really it seems to be they really embrace the diy element that you would have to have if you started out becoming your own vigilante you know Right. Yeah, I like that. I think Catwoman has proven to be a difficult character for movies to nail. Um, it was most evident in that Halle Berry film. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, you talk. You're talking that one that everybody went cool. Catwoman movie. They're like, yep. Wait. So what's going on? Well, her powers are based from an Egyptian god. Wait, I want you to slow down. And then she's going to keep robbing places. But then the powers happen. But then she gets like a slutty suit. So that'll get like the bros in on it. So then we'll yeah. keep going. Wait, so I need you to, Warner Brothers, I need you to pump the brakes. Stop talking, Warner Brothers. Well, like, you see, there's a conspiracy at a makeup company to to sell oh, people yeah. makeup that actually burns your face off. And uh, But why see, would they do it's, that? It's, that all, seems it's all about female empowerment, empowerment yeah, but, you see. Yeah, but if they make makeup that burns your face off, then wouldn't that kill their brand, thus l losing them profits to actually be a, more of a force for evil? Derek, some people just want to see the world burn. That's true. And I feel like when people <laughs> ask those questions for that movie, uh, the production company turn around and like jingling like a bunch of keys in front of a baby. We're like, but Benjamin Bratt's in it. Like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that movie's real bad. Yeah, uh, it's and the then, worst. It, yeah, I, I think... I think I would like to see a balance between because I don't want Catwoman to be supernaturally powered by a cat. That's insane. No, but that's what, not. Nope. <laughs> but what I do think would be cool is like give us a backstory for Catwoman that she's not just a burglar. Like because I don't want them to like to go away from like, oh, she like 
likes to be identified as Catwoman. Like she wants people to, she wants to invoke the image of a cat. That's that's obviously what she's going for. Like in the comic books, and like they should lean into that in in a way that like makes sense. In the way that like, because the whole point about Catwoman is that she is you know another way that Bruce Wayne could have gone with the Batman thing. Like it's oh yeah, except he's using his for good. She's right, using her right. for per, hers for personal gain. So she should have some kind of ethos about why the cat and why you know what i mean and the um, one I thing i will say i liked it on her little like her half mask her little balaclava or whatever they uh-huh. just did the ears they just put inserts in there that made yeah. her look like they had ears like like well it was my big thing for dark knight rises when they're like well those aren't the ears those are goggles that she can turn yeah. in the ears will come later and then they're like no we're, we're still gonna do different ears and then they didn't and i went right wow it feels like you could have just peeled off a couple thou to somebody to just digitally add ears to her, and then right. we would have all not been having a problem. So I like totally. the fact that they just went, yeah, we're just going to stuff little things in your cat, make you look like you have ears. It'll just keep invoking the image of a cat. You keep mm-hmm. doing your thing. I'm like, good. Okay, great. Like, I'm so – and I'm talking like – now, obviously, this isn't necessarily a problem anymore because 20th Century Fox is owned by Disney, but like – I am so tired of people just, and the Batman movies obviously have done a better job of this, but it's like, just put Mm -hmm. the people in the costumes. Yeah. Just do it. I want to see a Wolverine in the mask. Just do it. It's Mm -hmm. not that difficult. It's not that hard. What are you gaining? What are you gaining by by not doing it? You're just angering the fans. And as we all know, the internet is full of angry nerds just waiting for a reason to be like, well, this offended me, so I'm going to hop on and ruin this person's life. (laughs) Just put them in the costumes. It's not hard. Yeah, no, it's not hard. Uh, Yeah, and it looks like we'll be getting some of that, so I'm excited about that. And that's why I think your theory about Hush being the henchman for the Riddler in this movie is correct. Because if they're not afraid to just put little bumps in her cap that make it look like ears, then why would they (laughs) be afraid to just make Hush the main, like, henchman villain? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, cool, that sounds great. Like, I'm, yeah, no, it's interesting, but yeah. Yeah, because I'm I'm also very curious about what he means by a, a version of the of the Riddler that like yeah, we've never right? seen him before. That's very interesting. I could see this version of the Riddler being more like a um, like a um, kind of like a guy who's like uh maybe he's like like a hacker of some description, like a sure. like a some guy who's obsessed with like information. I mean, it, it, yeah, information and cyber stuff because. Uh, it is confirmed also that this movie takes place in the modern day. Uh, there's like an iPhone in it and stuff like that. Oh, um, okay. So we do have the internet to worry about and all those kinds of things. So I could see so, the Riddler, yeah. So Batman's not going to go to his, his Batmobile and put in the giant hand crank and crank it up to get it started? <laughs> no, he doesn't have to do the Flintstones thing to get Let's it rolling. Let's go solve some crime! Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm interested. Paul Dano is great. I, I also like don't. Him. Yeah, I also don't think they would, and I could be wrong, but I don't think they would want to put Paul Dano behind a mask for most of the movie because he has such an yeah. interesting face. True. That like, True. I think you'd want to see him, but you know, I have been wrong before. Uh, but, Wait, when? Uh, so many times I've lost count. <laughs> um. Uh, all right, so let's go to um, let's just go down the list. Let's go to Black Adam next. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Did you watch the uh, the full like minute long featurette thing that the animatic thing that they did with the rock? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I watched that and then I sent it to you because I was mm-hmm. like, this is something that Hassan needs to know about that's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked that they were just like, if you don't know who Black Adam is, which I didn't 100% know because I'm not right. as big on the DCU as I am on the MCU. Right. Um, but Black Adam, I kind of knew what he was about, but I'm not 100%. And I just went, oh, it's like, if you don't know who he is, this is who he is. And I just went, oh, cool. Okay, cool. That's I just had my primer, right. and now I'm ready for this movie. Yeah, I think it was good. I think I, – so, yeah, I like that they just straight up to- gave you the background. They're like, look, you, most of you aren't going to know who this character is. This is who this character is. Um, I like that they're not – so The Rock is playing Black Adam. And The Rock, much like um, later career, um, like most of your big 80s, 90s action stars, like the Schwarzeneggers of the world and stuff like that, they they like to play the good guys because they want franchises built around them. That's like what they do, right? And The Rock is no different. Like he's always going to play the, you know, the guy you're rooting for, quote unquote. But I do. So I was expecting a fair amount of that, even though Black Adam historically in the comics is a villain. He's the villain to Shazam. Um, but I, so I like that in the, in the, the, uh, the, the background that they gave the rock said that, you know, basically the black Adams home world was being subjugated and, and oppressed. And, and there was, their, their overlords are rich and had all the power, but like everyone else is being subjugated and in chains and stuff. And, uh, you know, his his homeland was crying out for a hero. And then he says, but instead they got me, which I thought was a yes. great line. <laughs> yes. Because I he was, was like, like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I think that was I don't know whoever wrote that. That was a great line because it's like it, it basically encaps, encapsulates like what an antihero is. It's like, look, I may I may meet the ends that you want, but uh, I'm going to do it in a means that you might not approve of. <laughs> Absolutely. I look like the guy that you want to save you, but I'm like the way I'm going to go about that may make you uncomfortable. You should probably close yeah. your eyes. <laughs> yeah. So, and I like that idea of like the rock playing like a guy who's, who may not be the most likable guy or like the most admirable guy, but he's the, the guy who's going to get the job done, you know? But, but a son, it's Dwayne Johnson. One of the most likable people on the planet Earth. <laughs> That's true. That's also, true. to your point of The Rock is no exception to wanting a franchise, I think he just is a walking franchise. Totally. So he's not 100%. really worried about making money off of this. <laughs> like, the, right. man, the man lives a life that I'm like, what? what? Like, yeah. okay, I'm slightly jealous. But, yeah. like, at the same time, I also don't want to have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning every morning and work out for eight hours. So, yeah. like, he's, you know. I think he's the closest thing to an international man of mystery in real life that we have. Oh, if it came out that he'd just been acting and his real job was he was a spy the entire time, I'd just be like, yep, that makes yeah. sense. And then I'd go it back to living my cover. life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh man! So yeah, that looks. I think I think Black Adam's gonna be great. Um, obviously, they were, it was supposed to start shooting this summer, but obviously with COVID they couldn't. So they put together the like this animated thing, which I thought was pretty cool. It was effective for what it needed to be. We saw the artwork of the suit, which looks great. Oh, it's um, great! Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna be great. Um, if if and when they finally cross over and put his Black Adam against um, Zachary Levi's. Uh, Shazam, I think it'll be great. Right. Uh, I think it'll be right. awesome. Um, and speaking sorry, of Shazam, listeners, if, sorry listeners, if you hear some some tinkling in the background, my dog Charlie has joined us in the recording 
area right now. Uh, Charlie, if you could please keep the tinkling to a minimum, that'd be oh. great. Oh, absolutely. Don't worry. I took the collar off, so we, we should be good to go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, speaking of Shazam, though, uh, Shazam released the title for the sequel. Yes. Uh, we are getting Shazam intense. sequel. Yes. Yeah, Shazam Fury of the Gods. <laughs> So yeah, there there's a there's a lot going on in that. Who there are is. the gods? And what is yeah. their fury? Why are they mad? And how do I avoid that? Right. Uh yeah, I'm super stoked for that. Um Shazam now with the, his whole like family of superhero people now. Adam Brody is around. Oh, Megan Good that, is there. That reveal at the yeah, end when it was, it was so Adam good. I just went I was in the theater by myself and I was just like quietly and I was like, "Yes." Yep. That's awesome. I'm yep. so ready. <laughs> like, this is going to be so good. Uh, I think it's perfect, too. I, so I'm now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking about like because the, the whole thing about Shazam I forgot about is that they're kids. Mm-hmm. So like the rock showing up, leading this, you know, band of, you know, evil superheroes, evil, evil gods or whatever as Black Adam having to go against shazam like the rock is gonna be perfect for that oh like playing yes. off of kids and stuff like he's gonna be it's gonna, gonna be a be good perfect. time <laughs> yeah it is gonna be a good time like especially the kids they picked to be like the kid versions of these superheroes yeah. like yes. that whole movie the first shazam movie not not a great movie ultimately right. not like groundbreaking or anything right. like that but you know what it is like it's it's just it like I remember leaving and just being like that was just fun. Like yeah, I just had a was good fun. time and I yes. enjoyed my time in the theater spending it with them, you know? Right. Yeah, and I think uh The Rock is very good at nailing the tone for movies that have to be family friendly but are also have to have stakes involved and yes. also have to be serious and stuff. He's really good at that. So I think he'll be he'll be perfect for when they eventually cross over. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right, what do we got next? Oh, Suicide Squad. This is something else you're excited about, right? Oh, okay. So a couple things about this. Yes. Um, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Uh, they have taken the reboot. I was not... I'm not a big fan of the way that everything's been reboot, remade. Oh, it didn't work the first time, so let's just do it in two more years, and then it'll work then. <laughs> right. Like, I right. just go, look, man, you... Especially with that first Suicide Squad movie, it's like, you shit the bed so hard on that movie that like it's not even funny like it was so bad i didn't even enjoy it like and it's and it's a movie that on a on a formula something that like i should personally enjoy you know but Mm -hmm. the um but it was the the movie was just so terrible that i was just like i can't believe that this this is the product that you gave us like wow right Obviously, you don't think much of the fans if this yeah. is what you this is what you think of. So um, think of us. So I will say this: I even was a little hesitant about James when they were like, "James Gunn's gonna do it," and I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if he can salvage this." Like, I love James Gunn. Don't get me wrong, but I was a little like, "I'm not sure." But after watching that BTS video and seeing who's in it and seeing the vibe and them talking yeah. about that it's gonna be a gritty '70s war movie, I'm like, "Yep." 100% in like yep. shut up and take my money to the tune yeah. of the most exciting thing that I texted you about was a personal point of excitement for me was um, yeah James Gunn the director liked my tweet about how I was on board for that movie that yeah, was the weirdest really cool. thing within 45 <laughs> minutes I was just like yeah I'm not really sure it was a little hesitant but I'm on board now and it was like 
James Gunn liked your tweet. It was like, what is what is happening right now? Yeah, that's awesome, but man. You're, you're now you're now a celebrity. Oh, totally. It's all good. Don't worry. I'll keep you along with me. You can ride my coattails. All right. I appreciate it. Um, uh, but no, I thought I'm, I'm excited for this now. I think it's got, I think it's got a good direction. I think the vibe is, and it's very specifically hilarious because Margot Robbie has this little interview where she's sitting there and she's like, we just needed somebody to like come along and set the vibe. Mm-hmm. And I go, and you can hear it in her voice. It's like, and we didn't have that for the last two movies that I did. Right. And I'm just grateful that we do have that now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The tone was just all wrong for those movies. Yeah, I think the main. So uh, David Ayer uh, directed the first one and mm-hmm. he's a director who I like. Um, doesn't fine. always make terrific films, uh, but like he, what he's really good at, I think, is creating. I think he's good at taking a situation that he's he's like a. Like kind of like a Brian De Palma, like mm-hmm. voyeuristic kind of director where like yes. he's really good at taking a situation we've all kind of fantasized about being in and kind of like drops you right into that situation, which oh, yeah. can be very effective. Like I'm thinking of End of Watch is like the the first one that comes to mind. Oh, where you, yeah. And I yeah, love where that you're riding movie. That's along a great movie. The LAPD, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's good at the movie Fury where you're put inside mm-hmm. a tank in World War One. Also uh, fun. We all, saw that together. Yes. These are all like really good. He's really good at that. He's not the best at telling a story, though. Um, and and that, I think, is ultimately what was wrong with the first Suicide Squad was one. The tone was kind of all over the place in terms of like, is this for kids or not? <laughs> you know what right? I mean? Yes. And then there wasn't ju- there just wasn't a compelling story. It was just like a bunch of heroes you know, fighting a bunch of stuntmen and that's pretty much it, you know, yeah, whereas I like, think James Gunn doesn't, I mean, he, I think James Gunn is kind of the opposite of that in a lot of ways. Like he, I think he's chief, chief amongst his concerns when going into a movie is what story are we telling? I mean, he, he took the mo- the guardians of the galaxy movies, which could potentially be the worst of the Marvel movies. Oh yeah. But he, ma- those are some of my favorite of the Marvel oh, movies yes. because it's like, those are characters I've never even known about, never have ever cared about or anything, but like the stories that he was telling amongst those characters and the dialogue that they were doing it in was just so compelling to me that you just can't help but to root for them and to oh, yeah. you know fall in love with them. And I think he, if he brings that to the Suicide Squad, I think he can really turn like that ship around, you know? I agree 100%. I think it's interesting. Goyer does what I like to call moment-to-moment directing, his moments in his movies are Mm -hmm. very good. Like, when you get into, like, the action, and obviously, I'm talking End of Watch and Fury and his other stuff, not Suicide Mm -hmm. Squad, but when you get into his action moments, he's very good at making those, like, good, and you kind of jump from moment to moment. Uh, Gunn does a great job of having his story be motivated by his characters, and the characters are what carry you through. Like, totally. there's some big set pieces, obviously, in Guardians, but like, you have, you also have it motivated by the characters. You love the characters. And so you, it's almost like you're like, I want to go to space with my best friends and go on an adventure where we shoot lasers <laughs> yeah. and blow shit up. It's like, well, yeah, yeah man, like, let's go. And I feel like <laughs> Gunn is going to do that really well to even though you shouldn't want to be part of the Suicide Squad, which is created right. by a bunch of psychopaths that like would just murder you rather than talk to you. Like right. it's gonna kinda come off as like, well I wanna jump in with Harley Quinn and beat some people with a giant mallet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Haven't you always wanted to do that? 
Asan, I don't think I've ever stopped telling you how much I want to do that. <laughs> no, you send me a text every morning and you say exactly that. 8 a.m. Sharp. Good morning. I still want to go around with Harley Quinn and beat people with a mallet. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Let's get into uh, uh, Gotham Knights because this looks really cool. cool. Um, Gotham Knights was also announced at Fandom. It is the new video game made by um, Warner Brothers Montreal. Uh, it's based on uh, it's based on the, the Batman and his his protege characters, if you will. The so family. In the, Yes, the family, the Bat family. Um, so just a little bit of background on when the game takes place and all of that. Um, so the context of the game is there's an explosion uh, and Batman is presumed dead. Uh, and so the Bat family initiate uh, Protocol Black, which is essentially the Bat Cave and everything is destroyed. And the Bat family is left to patrol Gotham and keep Gotham safe in Bruce's um, absence. Uh, so this is a video game that has four main characters. You got Robin, you got Nightwing, you got Oracle. Oh, excuse me, Oracle's not the main character. Sorry, you got Robin, uh, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, and Red Hood are the main characters. Um, and yeah, it's designed to be a one or two player uh, co-op story so we can play it together. I'm very oh, excited. If you think we're not going to play it together, <laughs> you're absolutely out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. minute I thought it was two-player co-op, I was like, I might just buy two copies and send him one as a gift. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it looks it looks great. Like, all of the characters have been doing what they do for a while now, so they're you're meeting them at sort of the height of their abilities and whatnot. Um, yeah, it looks... I think it looks great. Uh, what did you think about it? I think it looks awesome. Um, I like the the thing that I've always liked about the Arkham games is just the animation style. The art yeah. design style is always so cool. It's so fun and funky, and I like the it's it's very. I like the fact that they took the idea of like what Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher kind of did, but then just mm -hmm. elevated it just a little bit. So you've got the dark mm -hmm. Gotham, but it's offset by like neon lights and kind of like all that kind of yeah. weird like crazy like color kind of scheming stuff sometimes. Um, yeah. I like, I am excited. You know me as much as I love Batman. I like Nightwing more. I am excited mm -hmm. to go and run out as, you know, as Dick Grayson with, and just beat people mercilessly. <laughs> I think yeah. it's going to be fun. Like just jumping down as Red Hood. Just why is he just shoots people now? Right? Like they've done away <laughs> yeah. with all pretense of him actually trying to do non-lethals at this point. Yes. Right. <laughs> Basically. Because. <Okay. laughs> That's what I've noticed in the comics lately and this. And I'm just like, so he just straight up kills people and yeah. Batman's fine with it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, okay. Batman's dead, you see. Well, Batman's, <laughs> yes. Well, now he is because he has no say. Yeah. Um, that would actually be a really funny part of the game for me is if Red Hood mm -hmm. just goes, finds out he's dead. He's like, well, and he just dumps all of his non-lethals in the trash, pulls two guns out. He's like, guess I could finally use these again. Yeah, totally. I'd be like, yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fun experiencing mm -hmm. the different fighting styles between the characters. I think it's mm -hmm. going to be fun to... <clears throat> 
just from a player perspective, be able to do two player co-op in that environment, which isn't necessarily something we've been able to do before, you know, and you can figure out how you and your tag team partner, how you move around, who's going to be the stealthy one, who's going to be the kick the door down and, you know, shoot people in the face or, you know, bash Mm -hmm. people over the head. Like, how are you, how are your fighting styles going to complement each other? Like, you know, I think it's going to be, I think it's really fun. I, I'm looking forward to it, man. And it's one of those, I've played all the Arkham games. I've enjoyed all of them an immense amount. Um, I think this one though is going to be cool because as much as I like just putting on the cape and cowl of Batman and just running around the city of Batman, mm-hmm. it's as Batman, it's kind of nice to mix it up a little bit and be like, okay, Batman's gone. So like, I'm interested to see where the story goes. And then totally. also with the villains at the very end of the trailer being the, um, uh, the court of owls, I yeah. was like, Oh, dope. Because I knew nothing about the Court of Owls, and now mm-hmm. I have all the graphic novels about the Court of Owls <laughs> are being yeah. shipped to me literally as we speak. Like, I saw the trailer and went, cool, and then went right on Amazon and was like, <laughs> Court of Owls. They're like, you need these ones. And I just went, yes, prime them to my house immediately, please. <laughs> so I'll be able to br- give you a pretty good breakdown on all of that at a later date. But, yeah, I'm um, looking forward to that. But yeah, but I like it because they're a newer, fresher kind of. They came on the scene around 2010, 2012, somewhere in there. Um, mm-hmm. They're a newer, fresher kind of secret society that controls Gotham. Um, mm-hmm. They might have been the reasons that they might have. They might have been the people that put the wheels in motion to actually kill, you know, Martha Wayne, um, mm. Tom Martha Wayne, and it's. You know, it's got some, you know, just from the light reading and like deep, like the light diving I've done into it, they have these immortal assassins that they reanimate and that's all they do. They're these brain dead zombie, like killer, Ah. crazy (laughs) assassin people that I'm like, Uh awesome. So we've got the Bat family going up against the Court of Owls with their like army. Like I'm here for it, man. It seems like it's going to be fun. And I think with Batman being gone, it frees up the narrative to just be a little bit less of Batman and his villains. You know, it's more like right. you got a little, you got to, you can, you can do a little switcheroo on it, you know? Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. The thing I'm most excited about is like, there's like character progression. Um, so like now you like, there's an incentive to like grind out and like improve your character. So Like the more you play through the game, like the more, oh. yeah, like the more skills you oh, pick I guess up. They put that in there. That's cool. Yeah, totally. There's a, uh, yeah. Fun. So you get to, I watched a like a gameplay walkthrough thing where like they're talking about like this is a, a clip from Batgirl at like uh, halfway through her character progression, which I thought was like, oh, that's cool. They're doing character progression, which is really it's good because nice. mostly Arkham games, it's like pretty much like there's some player progression, like you can unlock certain skills and stuff like that, but it's pretty much your more story focused than anything. Yeah. Uh, and I like the idea of being able to like, you know, improve your, you know, improve your characters, build them out in different ways with different skill sets and different weapons and stuff like that. And, and make them kind of your own, you know? Oh yeah. Like build, being able to build out a skill tree is a very nice thing to have, especially when you're playing a game mm-hmm. that is a, an intense, you know, the hand to hand combat game, like, you know, like these games tend to be, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, it's nice to be able to put a little slot. Plus it, plus it makes you take owner. I per, I personally feel it makes you take ownership of the character a little bit more. You know, you're not just like, well, I don't really need to worry about it. I can just jump into this group of 30 dudes and just, you know, yeah. be fine. Yeah. Like it feels like it, it's like, yeah, level one up against a bunch of level sevens. Like you're going to die, dude. Like you need to pick and choose your moments, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, Gotham Knights. That'll be out in 2021. Um, two more things. And then I think we've done fandom. Uh, the next thing is let's talk about justice league, the Snyder cut. You know what? Let's talk about justice league. Talk about it. Um, what were your thoughts, sir? So I've seen that, uh, basically, um, HBO is going to release it kind of as a mini series, so it's going to be released in four parts um, starting next year. Four mm, hour I don't know long. How I feel about that? Four hour long parts. Oh, um, it'll be four hours. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, I'm in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it is. Uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, it's going to be basically a different movie. Um, because they're not using a ton of what, um, Joss Whedon put together as, as I heard, they're not using any of it. Well, there we go. (laughs) There we go. Um, which I kind of like if, if, of course, if you have the footage and the budget to do that, then do it Sure. because I, and it's no slight to Joss Whedon. He's, you know, a a wonderful filmmaker, but he just made arguably one of the worst superhero movies ever made. (laughs) That's true. And I like (laughs) And I and if I, I would rather them keep it clean and to have them be two separate things sure. as much as possible, sure, I agree. rather than yeah. like here put some extra scenes in Joss Whedon's version. We'll call it the Snyder Cut. Like that to yeah. me feels a little bit more disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, holy disrespectful! <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm just gonna go ahead and cannibalize your uh, your deal and then take credit for making it better. It's right. like oh, that's that's rough trade right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see it in four hour like a four hour long uh, installments. I think that's yeah. an interesting way to do it. Um, it's an interesting way uh, uh, to utilize the the medium of like video on demand. Question to you: Do you think mm-hmm. he learned his lesson from uh, that four hours for a superhero movie is better being released on a television medium as opposed to a one solid four hour cut that was put into the theaters that he did earlier when he made uh, the Watchmen. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> HBO like they were like, "Hey, bro, did you see our Watchmen? I think we know what we're doing." Yeah, um, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the I like the Watchmen. Sure, it's a yeah. fine film. But like, there are times when I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying it, and even I, yeah. slow burn movie man, who like the most recent Blade Runner, I was like, this is a perfect paced movie. Like, I love that kind of stuff. But like, even I on the Watchmen, I'll sit I'll sit there and look at my watch sometimes, just be like, so we still have two hours of this. Oh boy, Dude, it's so funny. Like, it, watching the the. Um, the, the HBO series version of Watchmen, like, right. just puts it in perspective of how insane it is to try to make a Watchmen movie just in the oh. first place. Oh, <laughs> there's the so much like, here. He's going to do it. And I was like, bet you he's not. Yeah. Yeah. There's just it's so dense. It's like, how do you think you're going to accomplish that in the time that it takes to make a movie? Yeah, but it's, um, it's as we've all learned, it's just easier to just leave Alan Moore's graphic novels as graphic novels as opposed to trying to adapt them because yes. it just yeah, it's yeah. it's diff, it's difficult to say the least. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I'm excited about the Snyder Cut. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I already yeah, like the look of it. It I like the look of it. Um, the color palette's good. Um, the effects so far mm-hmm. look pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Me too. I, I, I like that it opens with Dark Seed, Dark Side. How mm-hmm. do we? I've never been. I've always said Dark sure, Side, but, but I don't know. I hear it both ways. I say Dark Side too, but yeah. it, it, look, it's DC Thanos. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, man. Now that people know what my actual Twitter handle is, I'm going to get some serious hate mail on that one. <laughs> yeah. um, bring it, bring it on. Exactly. Um, I'll turn it into a lovely conversation. It'll be fine. Um, but no, I like that he popped up. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the look of kind of how he Snyder was like, yeah, this is the concept art. This is how stuff was supposed to look. And then now that he made it, he's like, yeah, so I just did that. So mm-hmm. y'all are welcome. It's like, thank you. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. There's a couple of things. There's, you know, there's just, I think that the, it'll be interesting to see all of the stuff that was left on the cutting room floor about the flash. Yes. Yep. I think that will be cool. All the time and travel Cyborg. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Like get the backstory and even Aquaman, even mm-hmm. though we saw his movie, <laughs> yeah. um, such as it was. Yeah. And that was um, a film. It was a film that people <laughs> went to go see in the theaters. Um, Amber Heard was in it. Yeah. It was fine. Um, her wig was crazy. Her wig was out of control bad. Yeah. Um, as were so many other people's wigs in that movie. Oh, but we're man. not talking about that movie. We're talking about Justice League. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited to see all the stuff that was kind of led on the cutting room floor plugged into the movie in a way to where this story will make sense finally. Totally. Because... I went and saw Justice League in theaters and spent the entire time going, what is happening? Yeah. And why are these choices being made? Yeah. I, like, I, I remember like the, the final, like basically the big third act fight scene of that movie. I was just like, like I was reflecting in my mind as I'm watching the movie, I'm reflecting on Superman and Batman and Aquaman and uh, Cyborg and the Flash are fighting all together an army from a parallel dimension and i am not excited about this right now <laughs> you forgot wonder woman but I'm yes sorry. and i 100 percent agree i'm sorry i forgot wonder i 100 percent agree man like it was one of those by the time it got to the end i was like yeah they're like yeah they're like fighting in the big bed they're like who gives a crap anymore like yeah. i don't care i it was one of the few movies and I think to date, the only superhero movie mm-hmm. that I was sitting there going, I really want this to be done with so I can go home. Yep. Yeah, it was a it, to me, it, that was like a huge like letdown. It's like, man, this should be the most amazing thing we've ever seen. Right. Um, but it was not. <laughs> it just was so lackluster. It wasn't even funny. Yeah. So oh. Snyder Cut, it's coming. Black suit Superman. Let's let's do it. You know, I'm I'm down for the black suit Superman. Me too. I have I'm obviously I'm not a big Superman fan. Yeah. Um, I think he's again. You can get at me at at Derek underscore Nickel on Twitter about <laughs> this to share your thoughts and opinions, and uh-huh. I will gladly debate and or talk to you about this. Um, I think that Superman is the starter superhero. Mm-hmm. I think that if you don't know what else superhero you like, people just go Superman. It's like uh-huh. oh, good job. You're okay. Cool. You're new. Right. It's like, which there's nothing wrong with it, but also when you start to kind of figure out what you like, you tend to move away from the Superman. Right. Um, <laughs> because he's just he's just a giant overpowered cannon. Like it just doesn't make sense. But I will say is the entire 
I am slightly familiar with his black suit run in the comics, mm-hmm. and I've been looking for them to put him in the black and silver suit for a very long time. So I was very happy to see that he's in that and that it will make an appearance and that it will make sense. I am also happy to see that it looks like they retooled the CGI on Henry Cavill's upper lip. Yes. So it won't look like a weird, uh, what's that, where they take the weird deep fake video yeah. you know, anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was really unsettling. So I'm glad they were able to do that. Um, oh, yeah. It looked like it was one of those where it was like, oh, his Botox went wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. The last but certainly not least, uh, let's get into Wonder Woman 84. Um, sure. What did you what did you think about the trailer? And yeah, I'm going to say the same thing as I said about the first Wonder Woman trailer. It looks fine. Yeah. I'm not enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Um, I think it looks fine. I want them to do better than the last one. The last one wasn't bad. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And again, feel free to debate. Listeners, feel free to come at me as much as you want. Like, I'm just more than happy to talk to people at this point about something other than politics right. online. Um, so, uh, first movie, it was fine. It mm-hmm. was entertaining. Um, AJ, my wife, for those of you that didn't listen to the last episode, she really loves it. She's a big mm-hmm. female empowerment character, and I am... 100% about it too. I'm like, I want little girls out there to have superheroes that they can look up to because I yes. saw, you know, you and I, we grew up with just with these heroes out there. And they're like, oh, right. you like this guy? And they're like, yeah. They're like, you, you know, you should be strive to be more, you know, you like Steve Rogers. Yeah, be more like him. Okay, a good, mm-hmm. solid dude that, you know, believes in morals and ethics and has his, you know, his North Star aligned and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I was an Iron Man fan, which is probably why I ended up the way I did. But, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, it's like we were raised in this environment where there were there were examples. There were superheroes for us to look up to and to try and follow and copy. And little girls haven't had that. They've had Disney princesses that literally get knocked mm-hmm. out and then wait for some dude to date rape them before mm-hmm. they can have like have a valid part of a story. Now, thankfully, that's changing in our climate. But I'm happy that Captain Marvel, as such as it is, is gaining ground and that the Wonder Woman came out. Um, I don't think it was a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I feel like it had its own issues. The villains were far too campy and like, oh, we are German, we are bad. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, do you have any other motivation? No, the script says so. It's like, <laughs> all right, I'll check back in with you in a minute. Yeah. Um, but it was fine. It was a fine movie. I walked out of it going, I hope they make another one, you know? Mm-hmm. And this one looks like more of the same. And I'm 100% fine with it. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's great. I will say it'll be interesting to watch Kristen Wiig slowly devolve into a cat woman. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like, I think it's great. I'm a little confused as to how Chris Pine's character is coming back. Right. But, you know, but I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm going, I'm looking forward to giving it some sort of some semblance of my hard-earned money so that I can figure out those mysteries and just be like, you know what? Why don't you solve that for me? Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. go do any deep digging. I'll let you do the heavy lifting on that totally. for me. But yeah, I think it looks good. I think it looks fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I loved the first Wonder Woman movie. Um, I feel like it was a better version uh, than the first Captain America movie. Um, Cause to me, they were very similar movies. 
Um, oh, yes, but I felt absolutely. Like this, this, uh, I felt like Wonder Woman did a better job at really... Because Captain America, the first Captain America was good as an origin story because you really sure. got to know the character before he got superpowers. So when he absolutely, got superpowers, yeah. it mattered. Um, mm-hmm. But where I feel like that movie fell short is like, I never felt like they were... So in the same way that like the the Chris... Um, Evans's performance and that character being written the way that it was and quite to be frank the visual effects like the way yes. that that all felt so grounded and real to me the stakes and the villains and the sort of the war and the 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 fighting and stuff never really felt convincing enough to me in that first movie yeah I agree with you on that it felt very kind of cartoony um mm-hmm. whereas it I feel like one of- sorry go ahead it was sort of, uh, it's like if you declawed your cat. You yeah, know? exactly. Just it felt- no, it's like, it's a tiger with no claws or teeth. Like, it's yeah. like, it's, you're supposed to be scared of it, but like, it'll, all it'll do is just, je- like, it'll just violently buff you around and then you'll be fine. Right. Uh, I think part of it was because, like, you've got this guy who's fighting wars for America before he becomes a superhero. So he's, should be shooting people and stuff like that. And he is, but it's kind of like, they're also, Captain America, obviously, when he becomes like Captain America, doesn't really kill people. So, like, they were kind of between a rock and a hard place with that. We're like, well, we can't really show him being really violent because he's got to be Captain America eventually. So we're just going to have him be in war and he'll fire his pistol off screen and it'll hit some off screen stunt guys. We'll never show it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Then there's the opening sequence in Age of Ultron where he throws a Harley Davidson at three dudes and the camera cuts away. It's like, oh, those three dudes are Gel- they're meat jello like yeah, they're dead exactly. there's no way like he's full bo- try- don't don't get it twisted he's killing people right. they're just not showing it right um uh, and so for that reason i think like a lot of the combat and the stakes involved like didn't really feel um like heavy enough for me um I whereas yeah. i feel like in wonder woman i feel like they got closer to blending sort of yes obviously she's superhuman and there's there's um comic book elements going on and you know but to me the warfare like when she's fighting Mm -hmm. in the war it just feels real like it felt like we're in the trenches and there just happens to be someone who's real strong over here you know (laughs) like imagine being in that and you see this hot chick with like that's dressed like as she is come out and then she like you know they lob a grenade she just like just backhands (laughs) it with her shield and then she just starts laying waste to all of the edit i'd be like Hell yeah, I'm following the hot chick. Like, yeah. let's go just destroy. Not that that's the only thing that she brings to the table, but it's like, you know, you haven't seen a woman in months. You're yeah. covered in your own feces. Like, yeah. you're eating rats. And then that, like, goddess comes in <laughs> and you just go, yep, I'm kicking ass with her. Like, let's do this. Yeah. But, like, I will say this. That, I agree with you 100%. Like, it's interesting that you compare the, those two movies together because mm-hmm. I've done a lot of that in conversations with people. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, the the sequence that she goes up and over the trench wall yeah. and just starts kicking ass yes. is one of my favorite superhero sequences, combat sequences of all time. Yeah. And it's they use slow motion correctly. They use mm-hmm. ramping correctly. They really do a good job of conveying her power, her speed, her confidence, the fact that she's been doing this for thousands of years and now it's like, you know, puny mortals. Like, you know what I mean? You're just <laughs> yeah. like, like they're firing guns at her, but she's just like, that. that's all you've got? Really? 
I fought dudes that were that like their little toe was tougher than you. Like right. this is nothing, son. Like just yeah. get out of my way, please. Yeah. Like you're a, you're nothing but a new. Like she shrugs it off in a way that's just like it shows you what a superhero of her power level like should be. Mm-hmm. You know. Like to taking another superhero movement that's very innovative. It's not a great movie, but um, the Brandon Routh Superman movie mm-hmm. when he lands during that bank robbery with the guys have that giant Gatling gun for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when the dude takes his pistol and shoots him in the eye, and it's the close up, and you watch the slug compress and ricochet off his eye, off his eyeball, and he doesn't even blink. I'm like, that in that moment is a perfect way to convey the power of Superman. Mm-hmm. Like a dude point blank just shoots him with a 45 and it just ricochets off his open eyeball and he's like that's all you've got (laughs) yeah totally oh crap yeah yeah i'm really excited about it man i think um, think it's the perfect follow-up uh i'm glad that it's it's going to be uh i i like that they're doing this taking this next step with this franchise because uh it's it's an opportunity for her to kind of be and you don't often get this from uh, really any superhero characters, but especially a female superhero character. Well, now now she's the one in the driver's seat who's like had some life experience and like now she's the one like who's not the fish out of water anymore. Right. Like she's yeah. the one like now now Chris Pine is the person who's out of water and she's like trying to, you know, explain to him what life is like and the nuances of life. Because that was one thing that she lacked. And this is a, a perfect opportunity for growth in her character is in the first movie yes she's noble yes she's sincere yes she's earnest but she's a hundred percent that and there's no yes. like nuance uh, there and i think that ends up um backfiring on her when she she's kind of like reduced to like you know having a lot of very like adolescent emotions that she's not in control of when chris right. pine dies in the first movie and i feel like this opportunity in this movie gives her a chance to like evolve as a character and be the one who's like teaching you know chris pine who's now a guy out of out of time or a fish out of water like gets to explain to him like <laughs> that there's nuance in the world now and everything isn't black and white and you know what right, i mean like right. but it's also funny that it's the 80s too so it's like <laughs> oh dude the fact that they the fanny pack reveal yeah and the parachute pants got good hard chuckles from me <laughs> yeah. like i was like oh, oh i like this like because it's it is that like sense of humor that i appreciate yes. that's like also the 80s were wild mm-hmm. which it's so funny to me when people go oh my gosh i have a nostalgia for the 80s i'm like yeah did did you did you live during that time they're like no i'm like then why yeah. it was a quagmire of crazy yeah <laughs> um yeah what- the music was fine but like Everything else was like, what is happening? Yeah, they they have some cool opportunities to say some things about, you know, being women and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to, especially in the 80s, a time where, you know, women, yeah. especially in the professional world, it was not great for women. It's still oh, not perfect God, for no. women. But, uh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, they have some interesting things. Both the hero and the villain are women. And in the 80s, both are trying to deal with how to get how to get power how to hold on to power what power means yeah. and all of that i'm, I'm excited about think, it i am too and i think it's interesting the fact that you brought it up that the i mean the two main villains are women i think it's interesting the fact that it's you've got the one where it's like you know 
it's the one being the villain being jealous of the hero. Yeah. You know, it's like you had it all and you don't deserve it and blah, right. blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, okay, but why do you think that she doesn't deserve it and right. all this stuff? But like, but then also, why are you turning yourself into a cat? I'm not going to give up the cat person thing because <laughs> I'm so confused and curious as to how Kristen Wiig just ends up becoming a cat person. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm excited to see that. I mean, she says a line in the trailer that she wants to be the apex predator. And I think that's yes, going to be I thought more, was cool. Yeah. I think that's going to be great. I think it's going to be more commentary on, you know, it's basically her reaction to being a woman in corporate America in the eighties and feeling like a second class citizen and yeah. only men's, uh, animalistic behaviors are rewarded in that type of society. Yes. So yeah, the I, transformation part, I hope they do like a little, like bleed into like showing you how, how her sure. personality is changing, you know, yeah. when she starts, when she injects whatever she's going to yeah. inside of her body. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they the themes they play around with like that. And I think that's one Absolutely. of those things that I'm very excited about because you talk about women gaining traction in the world that we live in. Like these are major superhero movies that are directed by a woman mm -hmm. and it's got a very different perspective. And that's why I enjoy going to watch these Wonder Woman movies, because it's very much a the director of these movies is a badass woman in her own right. So yeah. I'm like, cool. So you're just taking your own badassery and putting it on screen with all these other great, like strong, like these strong women. Like I'm here for it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm excited. It's kind of going to be a nice little, like um, nice little palate cleanser from mm -hmm. like the, uh, well, I'm going to, fear my penis it's like okay <laughs> yeah you know like it's just gonna be a little bit of a switch up which is why i always enjoy these kinds of movies you know like even captain marvel i wasn't the biggest fan of but it wasn't anything from the female perspective's fault right. i enjoyed that you know mm -hmm. like i i like this like you know i'm you know i like those i like those and i hate that there's a you know term but like those uh powerful like girl moments you know like the end of end game where like all the women team up but yeah. it's like yeah like go get them ladies yeah. like i'm here for it you know but yeah it'll be interesting it'll be fun you know yeah I'm it's looking gonna forward be to it, man she's got a golden suit with giant wings that detach for some reason so like also cool because why not it's <laughs> like why not <laughs> yeah man all right derek well where can people find you on the internet you can find me on Facebook at Derek Nickel, um, I am my profile photo is the one that Asan posted on Instagram. <laughs> it makes me look like a James Bond villain it's from my wedding. I love that photo. Um, that is me. Uh, send me a message if you've got uh, some uh, thoughts or rebuttals, or if you just want to call me a piece of shit, whatever you want to do, or say you like my hair. I don't care what you do, but if you want to get in contact with me, you can hit me up on Facebook there, uh, Cinefy at Cinefile84 on Instagram, and I'm at Derek underscore Nickel on the tweets. Great. You can find me at uh, Asan the DJ across social media. That's at A-H-S-O-H-N the DJ. Or you can find me at my website at Asan.com. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at weeklyregular.com and weeklyregular on social media. Thanks again, Derek, for joining me again this week. Oh, Asan, it's my absolute pleasure. Whenever you need me, <laughs> I will be here. Appreciate it, man. And we will see you next week.